0: August 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians fall to the Oakland Athletics in 10 innings, uh, 4-3 to on Tuesday night. Uh, tough luck start for Tristan McKenzie, who who really looked good against a tough Oakland lineup. Uh, he, he really held his own five innings, only allowed two runs, and, and really, McKenzie pitched like he should have gotten the win last night.
1: Yeah, he was uh, really, you know, this is really encouraging to me, uh, Joe. You know, we've seen him go out there. I think this was maybe his fourth quality start in his last five or six starts. Um, you know, he strikes out five, gives up two runs, four hits, six innings. He throws 69% of his pitches for strikes. Uh, you know, the average is 63%. And the big key to me, Joe, is he only walked one guy you know, in his last two starts, he is, you know, he's issued uh, one walk in uh, 13 innings. So, you know, we're starting to see this kid mature. And, uh, you know, he said a big part of this is, uh, you know, he's starting to throw his curveball more. It's not just fastball slider, you know, and, uh, you know, that kind of close to the same speed, you know, fastball is like 93, 94 sliders in, you know, high 80s, low 90s. But the curveball, you know, is, is a lower speed and it gives hitters another pitch to think about. And, you know, he's really started to use that. DeMarlo Hale was talking about him expanding his repertoire uh, of pitches before the game. And sure enough, he did that and, and it had good results.
0: Right. It, it, we, we've talked in the past about that that last step of development being at the major league level, how important are the next basically month and a half for McKenzie? It it, it, just looking ahead to maybe even next year as, as him just like affirming and grabbing a a spot in the rotation, if, if he can continue to be consistent like this, like he has over the last couple of starts. Yeah, I think it's really critical, Joe. And, uh,
1: you know, it kind of reminds me, you know, when when you go back, when I go back and think about Charlie Nagy, Charlie Nagy was up and down several times, you know, high, he was a number one pick, you know, a high pick like uh, uh, Tristan and uh, up and down several times between the minors and, and and big leagues until it finally clicked. And, you know, Tristan has been up and down, I believe, like five times, you know, especially in the first half. Uh, and we're, uh, we're starting to see this kid, uh, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, he kind of toughened up. He, he, you know, kept his ears open and, uh, you know, he's starting to learn. And, uh, I think, you know, baseball, remember when he got set down and he goes, this is why baseball is such a beautiful game. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I didn't get it at that time, but I think he, he kind of enjoyed that. The, the, uh, you know, the process of it, the, you know, the up and down, it's not fun. It can't be fun because you're getting sent down because you're not pitching well, but you know, he's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what's that Johnny Cash song, get tough or die, you know, when a boy named <laughs> Sue. So I mean, he, he you know, it's uh, maybe this is kind of a maturation process that we're starting. He's coming out the other side of the tunnel here.
0: Well, and and don't forget, he's still 23 years old. That's the that's the beauty of this. If it is if it is really that maturation process taking hold and and something finally clicked for him, then, wow, he's he's 23. He's going to be pitching at 24 next season. I mean, and, and this is a, a kid who could be in the rotation for a while.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it's really, really encouraging because, you know, like you, we've seen him this whole year and he doesn't get hit. You know, he, he, nope. he only – he creates his own problems by putting – you know, by walking people and, you know, giving up a big hit or a, a home run here in, in, in a bad situation. But, you know, right-handers are hitting 170 against them, Lefties are hitting 226. You know, so he's not – it's not like he's getting pounded, but he's just learning how to pitch.
0: Right. Uh, also sort of learning and, and taking his lumps as he goes, uh, James Karinchak in, in relief in the eighth inning. Uh, gives up a walk, gives up a couple of hits, uh, gives up the RBI double that uh, tied the game. I, I, I believe that was uh, um, Jed Lowry. Uh, what what have we seen since the All-Star break in the, in the second half of the season with James Karinczak that, uh, you know, as good as he was in the beginning of the season, uh, he's been a little inconsistent this uh, second half?
1: Yeah, I think he's adjusting on, you know, I'm not saying he was using the sticky stuff. I, I don't want to say that, but, you know, I think he's adjusting to the change in, uh, you know, the change in rules or the crackdown in rules. Uh, we saw him go through the middle of the lineup in the eighth inning. Uh, you know, he does, he, he has the 3-2 lead. He gives it up, but then he holds the tie. You know, he, he gets the last two guys. So it's 3-3. Three, three. And uh, really, I mean, when you look at this game, Joe, you know, I mean, you can, you can, you know, yes, the bullpen lost it. Yeah, they gave up the, uh, you know, the tying and winning runs. But, you know, if your offense goes eight and a third innings without scoring a run after knocking the starter out, you know, after, you know, squeezing the starter for almost 70 pitches in one and two-third innings, you know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a loss that you got to hang on the offense.
0: Right, yeah. Shamania uh really struggled uh, early against the Indians' offense, only lasted an inning and two-thirds, uh, they knocked him out of there in the second inning, uh, but then, you know, after they got through, you felt walking out of that second inning, like, uh, you know, three, one, or three runs wasn't going to be enough to beat the, uh, the A's, and it turned out it, it wasn't, and you just feel like you missed an opportunity, maybe, to, to capitalize and get more on Shaw uh, Bright spots, of course, Miles Straw uh, had a couple of hits, uh, looked pretty good. Uh, and Ahmed Rosario, once again, he's been a hit machine basically uh, for the entire uh, month of August.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, you know, what he had, four hits uh, mo- uh, Monday night against the the, the the Reds. He gets two more last night. He has, uh, he's got 33 hits since the All-Star break, Joe. That's the second most, um, second most in the American League. I, and um it's uh, the fifth most in Major League Baseball. In, in August, he's hitting three eighty-five. So, you know, this guy is is on fire. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that now they've got Andres Jimenez back uh, so that he can give him a little, you know, a rest at shortstop. You don't have to run him into the ground. I think he's just going to get better. This is, you know, he's really, this is, I don't know if this is a career year for him. I know he had, what, 2,000, 19 or twenty nineteen, Yeah. He had a, a pretty good, good year with the Mets, but he's probably not going to hit. I think he hit 17 home runs that year. So he's probably not going to do that, but everything else, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's really playing well and his, you know, knock on wood is, his defense is, has been excellent at shortstop as well.
0: Yeah. He, he didn't hurt them any uh, last night at shortstop defensively. Uh, Miles straw, the new acquisition in center field, ran down a couple of balls looked really nice in center field, uh, you know, the way the ball had been carrying, uh, lately in that ballpark with the, the high humidity, uh, straw and, uh, you know, the outfielders playing up against the wall there, uh, Harold Ramirez, uh, like you said, uh, he came up with a big hit I- in the game, uh, early on and Harold Ramirez has been, uh, also swinging the bat pretty well.
1: Yeah. Harold Ramirez. It surprised me that he's hitting uh, a 373 with runners in scoring position among the, uh, League leaders, uh, you know, had the, had the hit in, uh, let's see, in, in, in the first inning to, get, to get, give the Indians a one nothing lead against Manaya, and who's really a tough left-hander. He's been one of the best lefties in, in, in baseball. And, uh, you know, the Indians knocked this guy around. He was 3-0 and against them, you know, in four previous starts, and uh, the Indians got him out of that game early.
0: Uh, two guys that we just mentioned there, Rosario and Ramirez. What can they do over the next two months to really just guarantee that they've got a spot on the roster next season?
1: You know, that's a, that's a great point, Joe. I, you know, and <clears throat> Rosario's eligible for arbitration. He was eligible this year. Uh, what did he make, two-something, 2.4 maybe? They paid him. So they're going to have to pay him again if they keep him. Uh, you've he's going to double short... that at yeah. least. Yeah, so you got a ton of shortstops behind you. Do you just slide him and as over there? Do you trade him? Do you trade Rosario in the offseason? You know, lots of possibilities, but there's also a possibility that this guy is your most consistent hitter too. And you keep him and you kind of bite the bullet and what whatever. It's not going to break this, the bank, whatever you pay him.
0: Right. Does does giving him a contract give him the confidence to go into next season and continue what he's done already this year? Yeah. You. Uh, you, you've you saw what happened when he got an ounce of confidence when they sent him in as down and said you're the shortstop now. When he got that ounce of confidence, he took off like like nobody else on the roster. And could you give him could you give him a contract for a, a, a something reasonable and make him a, a, a fixture for your team for the next couple of years, even though you've got all those shortstops behind him?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's that's a great question. You know, I bet they would go another year in arbitration if they decide to keep him. They, they, you know, they do a one-year deal with them and, and go from there. Uh, but, you know, he certainly hasn't hurt himself, no matter, you know, where he ends up next year. You know, I think he's, you know, he came over with that reputation of great athlete, little shaky defensively, uh, you know, and he came out, was coming off a bad year, but, you know, he's made up for that. He's gotten a chance and he's taken advantage of it. And, you know, Ramirez, I think, I, I would think Joe, he's, he's got to be on this club. Don't you think he's, he's, he's not, he's not expensive. He's not going to cost you much. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's held his own here. He's, he's done a nice job. I mean, you know, defensively, he drives me a little bit crazy, but I think he's, <laughs> he's found a home in left field. You know, I think he's, you know, he's, Guy, as long as he's not shadowing the center fielder every time the ball is hitting into the gap, but uh, but and and you know, he 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 you know can defend himself at the plate, he's you know, he's doing a nice job there.
0: There was a uh, there was another Ramirez that patrolled the outfield in in years gone by that would have driven you just as crazy sometimes, but uh, uh, you know, he's he's definitely no Manny, uh, however, uh, he does sort of check a lot of boxes for what Tito likes uh, in a, in a ball player uh, in, in terms of his attitude, his approach. And uh, he's just a good kid. That's what Tito would always say. So, you know,
1: he goes to right field. He can run a little bit, you know, and he goes back on the ball. Well, Joe, he just has mm-hmm. problems coming in to me, you know, or, and going to the gap. I thought he goes back to the fence. He's not afraid of the fence for sure.
0: No, that's, that's right. All right. Well, uh, Okay. That's enough. That's enough talking about baseball and, and, you know, important things. Now we got to talk about hot dogs, Quincy. <laughs> uh, I, uh, we we all got an email from uh, our friends at PETA. And I say that lovingly The uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals uh, have issued a, uh, it's not a demand. It's just an email. It's just a letter. They emailed the Indians. They sent the, the Indians a request uh, in light of next year the indians becoming the guardians Uh, PETA has encouraged the indians to add a vegan hot dog mascot to the hot dog derby tradition they want they sent a a a green colored mock-up that looks just like uh, ketchup mustard and onion and they (laughs) they want to see uh veggie the hot dog included in the hot dog derby Uh, i I, I threw this out there to our Subtext subscribers, and I said, "You know, let's have a level-headed and reasonable response to this." And boy, our Subtext subscribers really came through uh, with some some real takes on this uh, on this request. Uh, just off the top, Hoinsey, what do you think about the idea of including a, a vegan hot dog in the hot dog derby?
1: I love it, Joe. I, I think it's a great idea. I really do. I, 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 a green hot dog. I mean, I'm, that tur- I don't know if, a, if it's green. That's not. It turn that's, your stomach it, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Dog. It's got to be a little I, different color for me.
0: How are, how are, how's a vegan going to win the hot dog derby? How are they going to have enough energy to run a race? That's what I want to know. If you're, <laughs> if you're vegan, you don't have any protein. How, 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 how do you? Uh, I, uh, they do serve. Uh, vegan hot dogs, uh, veggie dogs in the ballpark, but they're not Sugardale hot dogs, I don't believe, and Sugardale sponsors the Hot Dog Derby. So the Indians had no response when when I asked them about this. Uh, they declined to comment. Uh, they, they said they'd get back to us if they, if they changed their mind and, and decided to say something on it, but for now uh, PETA's request to include a veggie hot dog in the Hot Dog Derby uh, has, has pretty much fallen on deaf ears, but that doesn't mean that our subtextors didn't have a response of their own. Let's go through a few of them here. Uh, this one from the 216 area code. Uh, really ketchup is a habitual and known cheater. I would approve of him directing all of his shenanigans towards veggie. Give veggie a wedgie. Have the other three condiments bully veggie to satisfy the narrative. Uh, this is, uh, he says, PETA equals people eating tasty animals. Uh, okay, so that's okay. pretty much a, a negative response. Uh, let's see. I'm truly offended that there is not a mascot veggie hot dog already. They need to be more woke. Uh, and Let's see, another one. I'm of Italian descent. I So I'm offended that they don't have an Italian sausage. When is the madness going to stop? I want to see a competitive baseball team. So a lot (laughs) of people don't hot
1: dogs here.
0: (laughs) We're talking about hot dogs. We're having a little fun here. And, uh, you know, people, people still bring that out there. Uh, They ought to have one called marshmallow to represent all the people offended by everything. Uh, This one, here's a response from the 973 area code. While my wife and I are vegetarians, We don't push our views on others and do enjoy watching ketchup, mustard and onion. Uh, Why does onion carry a purse? Uh, We would welcome a vegan dog joining the race and making others aware of veggie alternatives. All right, so I don't know, let's see, make it a veggie burger since a lot of the restaurants serve plant-based sandwiches. So not everybody's having a completely negative response to this, but then if I go a little deeper, uh let's see why does a simple thing like the hot dog race have to be socially relevant does Sugardale have a vegan dog as someone who promotes a healthy plant-based diet sounds like a reasonable request to promote the lifestyle in a positive way besides i'm sure there is a veggie dog company who would love to sponsor the effort win-win for the consumer and the guardians so they, Peter really took a sort of jumped in there on this as, as a, a way to wedge it in with the, the the whole Guardians rebrand too. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hoynesy, have you ever had a veggie dog? I have never had a veggie.
1: I've never had a veggie anything.
0: <laughs> you ever had a plant a, a plant based hamburger or anything like that? <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not not something. I've seen <laughs> I've seen Hoynesie destroy. A, uh, a, what, what was the, we were at the barbecue place in Detroit. What was the, uh,
1: oh, the, the brisket? What was it? Oh, it was brisket.
0: brisket sandwich. Yeah, I saw you destroy that brisket sandwich. <laughs> that was, that was a good time. And, and I heard the last time you were out on the road, uh, you, with, uh, with Mandy and Zach, you ordered a filet somewhere. So, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else is eating, uh, what, what were they like? It was Chinese food and you ordered a filet or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. But, uh, no, I, I can't, I can't picture myself eating a veggie dog at the ballpark. To me, it just wouldn't taste the same with the stadium mustard. And and I know everybody's going to say Bertman's, but I like the stadium mustard better than the Bertman's mustard. I just, that's just me.
1: <laughs> I'd give so. it a shot. I'd, I'd give it a shot, though. I, but uh, we'll see.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let us know what you think. Uh, in in our, uh, if you subscribe to Subtext. Uh, let us know about what, whether or not you want to uh, see a veggie dog at the ballpark. Uh, this is, has been the most ridiculous conversation we've had on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, looking forward to tonight, game two of the series against the, the A's, uh, who's, who's going for the Indians tonight. It's uh, Quantrill Quantrill is going Get to see Cal Quantrill again. Uh, he's looked pretty good lately.
1: Yeah. He has pitched really, really well. So he's another guy along with McKenzie and, uh, Morgan have kind of emerged in that, you know, they've gotten the opportunity to pitch and they're pitching very well.
0: All right. Look forward to your coverage tonight from uh, the ballpark and uh, talk to you again uh, on Friday because Thursday's an afternoon game. All right, Joe.